This podcast is brought to you by Kitchen Scissors. So before this, I'd been using knives to cut all of my green onions, which, you know, as a clumsy person, is an intensely dangerous thing to do for your fingers. That was until Yeji told me about the amazingness that Korean people do in using kitchen scissors in all of their cooking. Now my fingers are not only happier, but much safer. Kitchen scissors. Go get yourself some today. everyone, my name is En. And my name is Yeji, and this is Our Own Canon. We created this show as a way for us to discuss and debate pieces of art, literature, philosophy, television, film. Basically, anything and everything that has left an impression on us as Asian American college-aged nerds with social anxiety and affinity for Vietnamese iced coffee. Nerds, which we absolutely are, so get prepared to get lost in the weeds. But don't worry, we'll offset with enough irony and sarcassery to keep things not boring for y'all. And of course, thank you for listening and supporting the show. We hope you love what we have prepared today. All right, Yeji. So before we get started and like start talking about things, because you know, once we get started, we're not going to stop. Uh... Why not like you introduce like what we're trying to do with this episode and what we're trying to do with this like episode format structure in general. Right. So this is actually something that we talked about in our first episode, sort of introducing the segments as we sort of go along. Um, We think that it'll be kind of a fun thing that'll give y'all something to look forward to and, you know, something for us to sort of keep fresh for y'all, at least for like the first 10 episodes. Hopefully it doesn't get too monotonous after that. Um, But this episode structure we like to call a topic, um, spelled T-O-P-P-I-C, sort of a play on words like a topic, right? Like a general thing to sort of speak about, but also a top pick, Um, some piece of media, art, literature that really, really speaks to us that we both generally have the same ideas about, that we both have the same sentiments towards and just want to spend a little bit of time sort of dissecting. Um, We will definitely have things that we disagree on, but that'll come a little bit later. So stay tuned for that for sure. All right, then. So what are we talking about today? Well, I have a film for us to discuss today. Um, (laughs) It really isn't anything all that official. Uh, It's just a movie that's really, really near and dear to my heart. Um, Something that I have enjoyed watching for a really long time. And I'm definitely someone who comes back to movies and shows and things and watches them pretty often after. If if that's I don't know if anyone does that either. But like, I'm definitely the kind of person who will just yeah, I just come back to movies like 10 times after I've already watched them and I'll be like, okay, this is fun. I know what's going to happen, but it's still fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I should probably tell you what the film is. Uh, it's Always Be My Maybe, starring Ali Wong and Randall Park and Keanu Reeves, of course. Um, <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> if I if I told you, if I was like, if if I just approached you on the street, right? And I was like, yeah, there's a movie with Ali Wong, Randall Park, and Keanu Reeves. You would not believe me. 
I wouldn't. I didn't when you told me about it the first time, frankly. Yeah, no. (laughs) You'd be like, what kind of crack are you smoking? Because I want some. No, yeah, no, it's... This movie is just an amalgamation of so many random moving parts, but they do them all really, really well while also sort of keeping that feel of like a very classic, basic rom-com, which I was reading over some of the reviews while I was preparing this episode. And I think that like that was the general consensus of how people sort of felt about it was that it was really cute and had good vibes and it was kind of random but overall still pretty basic but I think that's one of the charms of it honestly um and I actually have like yet to hear you sort of speak to your experience the first time you watched this movie because you watched it pretty recently actually so yeah I uh, watched it yesterday about (laughs) (laughs) tell me a little bit about what you thought well, I think in general, I think it was a really enjoyable movie. Like there, there's, uh, the I, I think it's like one of those things where where most people can like enjoy it and like get something out of it. Um, it's not like super, what's the word? It's not like going crazy about anything. It's 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 running very like, um, very like nice, easy to like understand and digest like premises and uh, I, you know so- sometimes. I think that's like what makes this like type of movie something that's very like nice to come back and like rewatch, right? It's it's got mm-hmm. it's got a lot going on with a lot of like strong emotions and things like that, but um but it's not like it's it's not like something like super, super like out there, out of the ballpark, like crazy wild that's gonna make it like mm-hmm. not always appealing on rewatches, right? Like there there mm-hmm. are some things that I think are generally right. really cool. Um mm-hmm. but like I wouldn't rewatch it again because it's just like what the heck's going on? <laughs> mm-hmm, right, right. No, it's, I just, I I think that movie is just filled with really good vibes. And I think that sometimes generally nowadays, rom-coms have a tendency to sort of push the boundaries of what makes people uncomfortable. Um, because everyone finds romantic, like romantic gestures differently you know everyone has sort of different boundaries for where they draw the line for certain acts of service or certain things that they you know I don't know it's just personally for me there aren't a lot of rom-coms that speak to me the way that this rom-com spoke to me um just simply because I think a lot of romantic comedies are not necessarily realistic they don't draw from reality they draw from fantasy or Mm -hmm. wishful thinking or wish fulfillment and this was a this was a story that I felt like I could actually empathize with and pull from my own experiences of which was really really nice especially because there was such sort of like subtle culture integration into it as well like I've never actually seen a rom-com I guess besides like Crazy Rich Asians that actually starred two asian people you know like that was really really cool (laughs) especially because they're a little bit older as well i think Mm -hmm. that i also find that some rom-coms have just this like really young like almost teenaged cast and a part of me is like you do realize that there is a very specific set of the population that's going to empathize with this and they're like right on the cusp of like growing out of <laughs> like growing out of that yeah and so it was Genius nice to see something like a demographic that like you actually lose your demographic pretty quickly like they grow up yeah. pretty quickly <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, it's adult really romances fascinating. Don't have that problem too much? Not the same way, at least. Yeah, I'd say that I just generally find more adult, more established like rom coms to be a little bit more timeless. Um, like for instance, there was this movie. Um, Oh God, Perks of a Wallflower. That's not necessarily a rom-com, but there were a lot of romantic elements in it. And I remember watching that when I was a teenager and being like, oh my God, like this is like, this is my film. This is my movie. I love it so much. And I still do. But I rewatched some of the scenes that I romanticized in that movie when I was a teenager. And I'm like, that was so toxic. <laughs> like that was so toxic. Like it was just unbelievably some of the scenes in that were just unbelievably bad, but that that those are the things that teenagers like, you know? Yeah. So I, it just, yeah, the pendulum swings back and forth for me sometimes on that. But so you enjoyed the movie. Yeah, something that you were getting at that, that I find really interesting and that I really liked about this movie was how it handles uh, relationships and how it like kind of emphasizes all the messiness that's in there. You know, a lot of other... Mm -hmm types of rom-coms tend to be about like these perfect like grand romantic gestures and things like that and th there's there's a place for that in in media but that's also not mm -hmm. really how relationships completely work um and i think delving into right. like the parts of relationships that are kind of like not great but still fundamentally like they don't these are things that make relationships fundamentally bad but they're also a part of them that that are just like have to be accepted about them like it, it shows how imperfect even good relationships can be right yeah no i i definitely agree with you 100 percent on that i think that while not all rom-coms do this i don't think all rom-coms that do do it do it very well um messy relationships are not an aesthetic and I think that that's something that a lot of romance, just in general, right? Not even just in rom-coms, sort of struggles to portray. Like, messiness is not toxicity. Messiness is not going out of your way to be spiteful towards someone or petty towards them in a bad situation or having a really, really explosive fight with them. That's not having a messy relationship, you mm -hmm. know? And I think that this movie did such a good job in delineating, like, no, they're not toxic for each other. They're actually very good for each other, but they're human beings, and yeah. that's why it's messy it's not because that they're not compatible it's not because they're they hate each other like you know innately and they can't stand each other but they're fighting through it for love's sake it's like no they're just they're just human and that's normal and it's normal to have problems when you're human you know in yeah. your relationships and so I really do think that the writers put a lot of purposeful effort into really making sure that they didn't depict anything as like no, this person is actually really toxic and well, it won't hold up under scrutiny. Well, that's not true because something very good about like the, the piece too is that there are actually like exaggeratedly over the top depictions of like actually awful relationships in the movie too, uh, which I yeah. think help actually really elevate the whole thing by like juxtaposing like Marcus and Sasha's relationship with like all these other relationships that like, like clearly yeah. aren't working and like... Yeah, they're not working yeah. in like really exaggerated ways and that's part of the comedy yeah. of it. But I also think like mm -hmm. that elevated ridiculousness of like how obviously bad these relationships are also like mm -hmm. um, makes the comparison easier to grasp, you know? 
Yeah. Um, and it's also it really funny. It's a really easy element of comedy. Yeah, no, it's really funny. <laughs> I was literally going to say that. <laughs> okay, so... So we've delved into why we sort of love the overall theme of this movie, but uh, maybe we should sort of tell the audience what happens. Just in case, you know, you haven't seen the movie, we'll just give you like a brief summary. So spoilers ahead for sure, um, because we're literally going to be dissecting certain scenes, so definitely spoilers. But um, I'd love to hear your summation of this of this movie. Damn, I was, fair, gonna, I was gonna it. drop this on you since you were the one who rewatched it, but but you're throwing it on me now. So so I guess yeah, I guess you I got watched no it choice. yesterday. That I mean, true, but there's also a a cut blooper reel where I literally forget every single character's name. So like, am I am I the best one for this job? I don't think so. Uh, but you know, sure, I I'll write let's the names give it down a shot. So. Uh, Marcus and Sasha are childhood friends. The movie starts out with them, like, mm-hmm. hanging out and growing up together until, like, sometime in their teens, probably, like, senior year or something like that. Um, so they've been friends this whole time, and then Marcus's mother dies in a tragic accident. I don't think they say more than that, do they? No. Mm-hmm. No, they don't. Yeah, no, it's um, really just an accident, yeah. Yeah, and then while they're all both sad about it because, you know, that's Marcus's mom, but also Sasha's grew up with her as well. Like, she kind of mm-hmm. helped raise her. Um, yeah. Uh, so they're both sad about that. Then they have sex, and then they get mad at each other <laughs> afterwards. And it is very... It is it is an emotional roller coaster. Like that whole like five minutes. It's just like all sorts of things going on. They get mad at each other and they and they just stop talking for the next something something years. They're how old are they when when we get back to them? Like Um so they're probably they like in their thirties. Like their senior like year. Yeah, they had their senior year of high school and then they stopped talking and they're yeah, they're like in their thirties. Yeah. Sasha's like pretty on, deep like... into her career now, so I would think like yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah, she, and she's very successful. Yes. Yes. So we come back, and Sasha is now a very successful chef who cooks, <laughs> um, because that's what chefs do. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say, I was, I was gonna say she cooks Asian food, but I don't think that's like. I'm not sure that's like a true no, fact. That's not. Yeah, it's not like the only thing that she. Yeah, does. I, I do she know at the like end. Elevated. Yeah, elevated yes. Asian or whatever. Yeah, they do touch on it. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so she probably mm-hmm. has some sort of like bent on that. Um, but uh-huh. are you sure you watched this yesterday? <laughs> uh, yes, but I was also <laughs> studying for an exam, so like, you know. Dude. I might just, like, throw in some, like, cellular bio in the middle and just be like, yeah. And remember that one scene where, like, the, the DNA replicate? <laughs> um, okay, so. Uh, okay, so Sasha... where's Marcus at right now? Where's huh? Marcus? Marcus. Where's is... Marcus? Yes, Marcus is still in, uh, he's still at home. I think they're in San Francisco, right? Yeah, San Fran. Uh, mm-hmm. Whereas Sasha is, like, around the country, opening restaurants, being a big mm-hmm. deal. She's a celebrity. It's really cool mm-hmm. and all that. Um, but she decides yeah. to go open a restaurant back at home in San Francisco. So she mm-hmm. flies back there. Um, 
and hijinks ensue marcus and sasha like bump into each other and reconnect uh at this Mm -hmm. time they're both dating other people so like you know they've they've kind of moved on Mm -hmm. with their life uh sasha is dating sasha's actually engaged yes oh yeah yeah she's engaged yeah uh yeah see that's not the most important thing i remember about brandon (laughs) chef there are (laughs) much larger fish to fry than he was engaged to sasha uh so just so distracted by his cheekbones by his cheekbones right (laughs) dude daniel day kim has like the most superior bone structure i've ever seen on an asian man it is it is quite it's crazy those are some this is some chiseled jawlines. I know. <laughs> okay, um, so they're both dating other people, and yes. then, and then, well, do they get together? Like, what happens? Well, well, you watched the movie multiple times. You tell me, but uh, <laughs> um, thinks, I, I think I think some like important context to know about like the people they're da- they're dating is that Brandon Cho, yeah, is a total like hyper like business dude asshole who like does not care yes. he, he obviously does not care about his relationship at all um and mm-hmm. sasha kind of doesn't realize that but it's very clear to the audience that like this dude is like not not it um yeah whereas marcus is dating jenny who is mm-hmm. <laughs> she's she's an interesting character uh at, she at, really is at first she's just kind of like a weird like hipster who's like really into like social uh social service and things like that um but later you'll like (laughs) you'll see that she has some other personality personality traits that that can be quite hilarious um okay so honestly i loved her she was so funny yeah so they're dating other people they're running to each (laughs) other agree with me sorry i'm just trying to like remember where i'm at in the story (laughs) uh and like try not to get like the chronologic chronologic what's the word chronology of events mixed up see you shouldn't use big words if you don't know how to use them (laughs) okay uh, do you want me to take over from here i can take over from here yes save me please (laughs) okay yes i will i can i can do that so uh yeah so they're dating other people and um it's very clear that like there's a huge gap between them right now so marcus is still sort of stuck being like a younger person you know he's still in san francisco he doesn't really have a job whereas sasha has been like yeah 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 which by the way their music is pretty good like fight me on that if you want to but i i freaking love their music the ball song was so good it's gonna i'm realizing how weird that sounds out of context i promise it's it's like a song about like sports balls i'm gonna move on yeah you're not helping your case okay Uh, (laughs) (laughs) okay so and sasha is like hyper mature you know um we sort of get a little bit of a glimpse of like from before when she's interacting with her parents and with marcus's family that like she doesn't really have a very strong home life her parents are not really involved um with her and so she feels this like very elated sense of like self maturity you know like she's very independent she feels like she doesn't have to rely on anyone else she doesn't need anyone else um and yeah so we we we're introduced to their significant others and then there's a breaking point in the movie where um sasha and brandon 
earlier in the movie, they were like, we're going to take a break. And Brandon, like, goes off and cheats on her. <laughs> yeah. It was like, they're, like, going to be in, like, an open relationship for two months before they actually get married, like, from their engagement. And, like, yeah. And so yeah, she a, dumps a... him over the phone. Actually, no. I was going to say something yeah, that about was... what I like about that scene, but I think that's better now analysis section we're summarizing right now so so shut me up right <laughs> um i'm i'm ex i really am excited to see sort of like how you feel about certain scenes because i think that this might turn into a little bit of a fight because we might disagree on certain things like little details but anyways she breaks up with brandon and then she sort of you know talking a little bit with, more with Marcus, even though he's still with Jenny. Um, and there's like, there's no vi boundary violation or anything going on here. They're, I think they're just slowly becoming like friends again, um, which is actually really cool to see because it is sort of like a friends to enemies to friends to lovers sort of story, which I personally adore. Um, and then it all sort of comes to a head when Sasha starts dating Keanu Reeves. And that's his name is just Keanu Reeves because it's Keanu Reeves playing himself. <laughs> so amazing. It's so good. It's so it's good. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> and, um, and of course, like right off the, I know it really is, but like right off the bat, you can sort of see that their relationship is like very much sort of based only in physicality. Like they're sleeping together and that seems to be sort of how everything started and why they're attracted to each other in the first place. And then they go on a double date with Marcus and Jenny, which ends violently. <laughs> Is all I'm going to say about that because you really have to watch the movie to get the scope of how ridiculous that entire sequence is, but it's so good. Uh, and then Marcus also subsequently ends his relationship with Jenny on the same night. Uh, Marcus and Sasha sleep together again, um, and then they're sort of in a steady relationship from that point on. Um, but then it's sort of you know, starts to climax into the conflict where Sasha is posed with an opportunity to open a restaurant somewhere else. I believe New York, New York. if I'm not mistaken. It's another, yeah, it's another big city. Okay, it's in New York. Um, and she offers to take Marcus with her. And this whole time, too, we've sort of seen a little bit of dissonance between them in terms of, like, Marcus having to grapple with the fact that his girlfriend is so much more successful than him and is doing a lot of different things and doesn't necessarily, you know he doesn't relate to it very often you know um it's he has a very hard time sort of putting himself in her shoes because it's such a world that's beyond him and um when Sasha offers to take him with her to open her restaurant he's he he can't do it you know he's just he's completely opposed to the idea um some harsh words are exchanged between them and I think it's pretty clear that for a bit their relationship has ended um and then I want to sort of talk about the last couple of scenes on their own, but they get back together and it's a happy ending for everyone. Um, we'll get a little bit more into the nitty gritty of that because we definitely will be like diving into some of these scenes, but it does end happily. They do end up back together. But yeah, no, it's it's a roller coaster. It's a really fun one, too. I the Keanu Reeves thing is just I'm never gonna get over that we'll get no we'll other rom-com I know <laughs> literally 
Okay, so um, yeah, no, that is that's basically that's basically the story. Um, on, I gotta ask you though. Okay. When you, when I was sort of telling you about the movie and I told you that it was a rom com and everything, like, what were you sort of expecting to see out of a traditional rom com or out of rom coms that you've seen before? Like, what were you expecting from Always Be My Maybe? Man, I haven't watched a lot of rom-com movies uh watched quite a couple animes that are rom-coms and i do enjoy those but but i figured mm-hmm. like the the format of the story is going to have to inherently be different because the mediums are different um so i wasn't mm-hmm. particularly sure what to expect other than just like general uh love drama things and probably <laughs> someone's going to get in a, in a fight somewhere and it's going to be very sad uh but in general it was probably gonna be happy by the time we got together um okay i was not expecting though that um how they i how they dealt with um marcus's and sasha's relationship and how um the tensions in that relationship are also the things that like help drive them forward as people like people always talk about how relationships should Mm -hmm. like add to your life and make your life better um, rather than like fixing problems mm-hmm. and things like that and um, I was really interested to see how like a, a lot both of them at the beginning kind of were in relationships to fix problems in their life but when we get to the end mm-hmm. you can see how clearly their relationship to each other actually is not fixing problems they but helping them uh, pushing each other to like like they had to resolve their problems first and then their relationship mm-hmm. is then pushing them to be better people you know uh, and I thought that was a right. really cool aspect of it that I was not expecting. Right. Do you have any, and they don't necessarily have to be from any specific rom-coms or anything. You can draw from whatever sort of media or art that you mm-hmm. that you enjoy. But like, um, I remember I was talking a little bit earlier about how like there are a lot of tropes in rom-coms that I find very aggressively toxic. And they're just there to like make needless drama and to... I guess like part of it is that they're trying to make the fight seem like it's it's like it's so bad this time it's never going to work out and then at the end they make it work and it's supposed to be like some great triumph and I'm like no these people are like you've done everything in this movie to make them seem like they're bad for each other and I'm supposed to be happy that these two people ended up together at the end it doesn't make any sense so mm-hmm. um I've seen that trope like everywhere too. Um, it's definitely something, even if it's subtle, like it's it's everywhere. But are there any like romantic tropes that bother you that um, you think that this movie very that this movie did a good job in subverting very purposefully? Um, there are tropes in like anime rom com that that uh that I noticed that like I'm not a particular fan of. Uh, whether this yeah like what whether this uh, movie subverts those or not it's like up for debate because i don't think um these anime and like this movie are made in very different contexts so I, if it is if it is subverting <laughs> right. anything it's not subverting it on purpose but that you know um that's just right. me technically prefacing my okay. answer because i do shit like that i guess okay okay um but <laughs> no i know worries, like just... in a lot of anime there are like um there are like characters who uh feel like feel bad about themselves and feel like um like they can't get women because of because like women just don't like them when it's very clear 
that there are fundamental like uh personality like flaws that they have that like would not mm-hmm. like make them good for relationships in general and like the true way to get yeah. over this is to like really think and reflect about like who you are and like the ways that uh you interact with other people and like the ways that those can be like um if not just creepy but also like um but also like problematic in like certain ways right and understanding how those can mm-hmm. be like off-putting and understanding how like your actions and mm-hmm. your actions are like causing you to be in the situation um and not just like other people's actions and like the solution mm-hmm. in a lot of these like worse anime in my opinion like all the good ones don't really have this problem mm-hmm. which is why i like them but a lot of the solutions it's right. just like <laughs> you just gotta you just gotta find the right harem that like loves you and then like problem solved yeah. no introspection needed right um and that's like really annoying to you me you can say you can say Auron High School Host Club. It's fine. You can just say that. It's okay. <laughs> okay, but Auron High School Host Club is like I actually do like that show. For 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 for. I do too. It it, it does do the harem thing, Wait, but it also no, like yes. approaches it in a very like. It, it 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 to me it's a satire, but uh so so it's fun in that way. Yeah, but, they... uh, but there are like worse that's things. A, that's a good. That do do yeah, this. No, and that's that a good a romantic fan. comedy show. I, I like that show a lot. We should we should talk about that rom com we as well. But we um, okay, so so generally you are very annoyed with people who seem to have these like glaring flaws, and they think that the only issue with why they're not having any success with their love lives isn't because of these flaws. It's because like the universe is against them. You know, yeah. uh, is that sort of like along the lines of? Yeah, like th- those things just like yeah. really like annoy me about rom coms. And usually, if a rom com starts like that, it's just kind of dead in the water to me after that. Okay, yeah, that's fair. That's totally fair. Um, I think that yeah, I think that this movie doesn't have that. I actually think that like Marcus does a very very good job of after you know he lo- after he loses Sasha and um, they break up and he's introspecting a lot you know and there's a very short scene of it where he's sort of leaving her voicemails and things but he really tries to move forward you know from this point in the story he was living with his dad he was only working with his dad you know and um he wasn't really living his own life he was living the life that someone else sort of had planned for him and um I think that Marcus does a good job in doing the thing that did not would not annoy you of like actually taking the time to figure out why his relationship went south and why it didn't work out um yeah those... so did you actually did you notice that and did you were, were you like very impressed by that on yeah the those voicemails i thought were a really cool concept because it is like like he's talking to sasha but um one she's not responding and two he's still sending those voicemails mm-hmm. so it's very uh so it, it it can be read in a way that like yes those are like for her but you can also see the introspection happening right and you can see mm-hmm. him like coming to understand like um himself and like his place in the world and like what he's done up to this point and like he is like on the most surface level trying to talk to her but really it does feel like a conversation he's having with himself discovering um himself and like what's going on in his life and like how he wants mm-hmm. to live and if like this way that it's turned out right now is actually the way he wants it to be Mm-hmm. yeah okay awesome yeah this is this is so much fun okay uh <laughs> so how do you feel how do you feel generally about like enemies to lovers story plot lines 
Um, it could be done well or it could be done not well, you know? Uh, I think this is okay. a, a, a better example of it. But there are, like you were talking about earlier, genuine cases in which you can have, like, an enemies to lover things, but it's just toxic the whole time. And, like, they don't yeah, actually okay, ever yeah. get better about it. And it just continues to be toxic. And you're like, this isn't lover. This isn't enemies to lovers. This is just enemies to, like, enemies who, like, sleep together. <laughs> <laughs> And like that, that's that's you know that's that's not healthy. I don't I don't imagine. <laughs> yeah, that's actually really well said. Um, yeah, no, okay. So then, how do you feel about like friends to lovers? Think uh, like Full Metal Alchemist, Winry, and Edward. I I think frankly, um, you're a fan. It's no, it's pretty contrived. <laughs> frankly, I, I okay, I, never mind. <laughs> I, I would like more media to be able to, like, explore, like, just platonic relationships as platonic relationships. That doesn't mean that they're not satisfying stories, though. Like, I think there's a reason mm-hmm. why it continues to be popular and it works so much is because it mm-hmm. is actually, like, a story format that, like, is nice and, like, has the feels, right? Though right. Uh, I do think yeah. it happens a lot and there's a lot more room in media to explore just, like, friends to to like friends like like just keeping like friends to friends <laughs> but, but platonic relationships have like actually really strong like value in like people's lives and in their relationships to other people mm-hmm. and i think like you know that that's something worth exploring too um though yeah. it usually ends up as like less dramatic and uh probably less emotionally satisfying at the end of a movie it's probably a less safe thing so i understand why they don't do it to be fair, I think that a lot of people are attracted to drama in pieces of media because, I mean, because real life obviously isn't dramatic enough, but like, um, I think that drama is just easy to watch sometimes, and sometimes drama can be easy to somehow empathize with, and it's fun, like, frankly, it's just fun to watch, you know, like, it is. <laughs> it's, we all want to be sort of like in on the action, so I definitely think that a lot of romance in general leans into this conflict-oriented view of love versus like compatibility view of love, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just very much based on the idea that like opposites attract and like, you know, you should fight for the person you love. And, and generally, I sometimes agree with those principles, but like there are huge caveats in both of those statements that I think are just like not at all addressed. Like fight for someone you love with their consent like <laughs> that's important you're right you're right that is important yeah um like i mean and i see this a lot in anime too and i'm sure we'll talk about this more and um probably you know the many episodes that we have planned after this <laughs> but um <laughs> like the idea that just because a guy fights for a woman and has done everything in his power or supposed power, right, to, like, prove to her that she, that he has feelings for her is supposed to be somehow, like, this catch-all for her also catching feelings for him. And I'm like, that just, that's not how feelings work. Yeah, like, you're right. Like, you can be, like, you can be moved by someone fighting for you, and you can be very touched by it, and I think that there's, like, value in that. But at the end of the day, if someone rejected you once on the basis that, like, they weren't into you no matter what you do it's very hard to convince that particular person that the opposite is in fact true and they do in fact have feelings for you you know what i mean it's it's a very weird story structure um, to sort of push 
let's take that and put our philosophy glasses on. Um, and like, I literally and like think about that for a second. So here's my argument that I just came up with as you're saying it. So it might not be great, but um, <laughs> in a media landscape that is traditionally geared more towards uh, men. Uh, Mm-hmm. And I think that's changing, but you know, like traditionally, like that's that's how it has been, specifically like white men. But I don't think the uh, the race part mm-hmm. matters in the, in, the, in my argument here. But just men, um, men mm-hmm. are like expected to like go after the girl, right? So creating mm-hmm. a story in which the man can go after the girl and like do the big gestures, and then um, very little thought about how she feels about it. She just immediately accepts. It's like a wish fulfillment mm-hmm. type of thing in that way. Right. So maybe the reason the Mm -hmm. trope is so prevalent is because the audience that these like pieces of media are like signed for in a sense. Yeah, for sure. And um, again, I think that in particular, always be my maybe just really tries to steer clear of things like this. Like like when Sasha and Marcus break up, you know, um, yes, he sends her voicemails, but he doesn't like do anything any more particularly invasive than that you know like he doesn't chase her down until he has verification that she shares his feelings for him um Mm -hmm. like that scene where he goes to her restaurant to check it out and he goes upstairs and he sees all of the stuff that she's bought like all the merch that she's bought from his band and like in one of his voicemails he was like yeah like we started selling all this merch and it was like so cool and um and it ended up being like her, you know, buying all of the merch. And I don't know, it was just like such a sweet, very subtle thing. But at the, you know, that was her way of saying like, yes, I do care about you. And I, I still have feelings for you. And it was only after he had that assurance, right? He knew that for sure that he went to go chase her down. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't like a, it wasn't like Marcus started introspecting and then he realized that he fucked up and he did all of that on his own. No, like Sasha gave her consent in her own way, you know, and he found that out and then he made his action. And I really did appreciate that because I, as a woman too, like I am, I'm made so uncomfortable by those kinds of stories of like, but like the only reason this guy got this girl is because he, did a big monologue about how much he cared about her and that was it and i'm like great good w- awesome w- lazy writing but would you not also like be like kind of like put off by like persistent voicemails especially if you're not like if you're obviously not responding and i get her intentions are not like she doesn't like him but like mm-hmm. uh, if, if from his perspective he doesn't know that or not so like would would right. you would you not find like the the persistent voicemails a little like weird in a sense so i think that so uh, two things one yes two again i think the authors and the writers did a very good job in trying to subvert that and here's why i think so so Mm -hmm. i believe there's only a total of three voicemails i will have to that's just a rough number but there aren't a lot and then on the last one that he sends her he basically says like this is the last voicemail i'm gonna send you you know um like Mm -hmm. i that's it, you know, and I, which that kind of detail, that kind of writing detail does lead me to believe that the voicemails that were actually played out loud in the movie were the only ones he actually sent her because it doesn't really make sense to like, I don't know, make that 
put that line in in terms of like okay what was the point of that line okay to show that it was the last one you've played two other voicemails before it uh, signifying that those two are probably like the only other ones that he sent, you know, if they wanted to do it, like he was constantly calling her and everything, I think they would have maybe put like some kind of montage scene or something like that. Again, I could be wrong, but this is how I would write it in a way that wasn't creepy, you know, like I'm only going to put three and I'm going to make them purposeful. And I think that like, that is what they were trying to do, but I don't know. I mean, how do you feel about it? Maybe you got something else from it. I also think there's like a part of it where like um not like y- you can be non-literal in like art right <laughs> uh and yeah, i think yeah 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 part right. of part the 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 main emphasis i think of that scene is him dealing with what's happening and being introspective uh and the voicemails yeah. are a medium to convey that uh so yeah so like if we dig into the artistic intent yes maybe he could have been doing something that's like a bit off-putting uh but mm-hmm. that's not like the reason they wrote the scene and like they seemed aware that it could have been and like put uh measures in there to to try to like line that up so um if you dig into the, like the artistic intent it really feels like um they were aware of this and did not want to say right this uh that they, they really wanted to say something else and that something else was uh i think integral to the story um and this was the medium right. that they chose to deliver it in and I can right. forgive yeah, yeah, yeah. pieces of it for that because uh, it yeah. worked as far as that story was concerned, as far as that arc was concerned. Really well, actually. Right. I actually love that. Uh, it's definitely something that I don't often think about of like, what actually is the best medium to do this? And I think that generally throughout art and something that I'm sure we're going to bring up over and over again is how do certain mediums convey certain messages outside of just the story you know so like how does a movie differ from a book Mm -hmm. um and i think that you're very right like the voicemail was a very specific medium that they used to because it was a movie you know Uh, if it was a book they could have been like okay he sent these text messages you can just read them like i'll just put them on the page right but the voicemails you could hear his inflection you could hear his sincerity you could hear how you know remorseful he was when he apologized and all of this stuff and how excited he was about the band and i think you're absolutely right like this was a it was an artistic choice because of the medium um because it was a film you know that's actually that's actually really really that's really good I think like if it okay, were okay on the philosophies yeah. coming out. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're here for, right? That's what we're here for. I know. <laughs> All right, so we're I like think it's almost a, that's like we, we had a good conversation about that, but you know what I really want to talk about? Oh my god, Keanu Reeves. Are you gonna say <laughs> Keanu Reeves? <laughs> um, I'm gonna drop like all. Okay, these. first of all. Yeah, go for it. That song slaps. That song slaps. The I Punch Keanu song. So good. Yes. <laughs> Pretty good. Yes. Pretty good. It's so good. It's <laughs> such a bop. It was such, such a nice, that was such like a funny, great way to like, back in the, back in the movie. It was, it was amazing. I know. It, was it, so it came good. out of nowhere and it was perfect. <laughs> I know. It was so good. Oh, God. Okay. Well, I'll let you, I'll let you speak about Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Your so... guy. Aside from the, uh, us like let's forget all the romance stuff for a second and just talk about like the introduction of Keanu into the movie, which is like <laughs> fucking perfect. 
okay um <laughs> literally he comes out of nowhere all right, all right so so they like set it up and like shasha like is like with this guy right and like the only thing we know is like she's known him for like a day and they have like a really intensely like physical relationship and that's it right and then yes <laughs> then they bring out keanu <laughs> right and you're like oh my god like of oh course i get it you know <laughs> And then he sits down, and then they introduce him <laughs> as Keanu, and you're like, of course, yeah. I get it. Oh my god. <laughs> I think that it's so funny, too, because, like, Marcus's reaction to Keanu coming in, of, like, his face contorting, and in slow motion, he's like, that's Keanu Reeves, <laughs> is, like, fucking hilarious, <laughs> and one of the best scenes in the movie. Oh my god, no, yeah, they they really nailed it on the head with the comedy on that one. And, you know, you know why I'm gonna say this? What? My mother does not laugh very easily in movies. <laughs> she has, like, she has a very high laughter tolerance. You gotta, you gotta really pull the jokes out for my mom to, you know, acknowledge that what you're uh -huh. doing is working. And when she saw Keanu Reeves walking out... My mom screamed, and it was the best thing in the world. Yeah. It was so funny. She was like, ah, oh, yeah, there's it's like John a... Wick. <laughs> there is like an amazing like meta part of the movie that knew what they were doing when they cast Keanu to play fucking Keanu. Uh, that's just oh, like, God, it's just yeah. so perfect. Uh, just so perfect, it and is. I, I so love good. it so much. And that was that, like literally, I'm just sitting here, like, al like alone in my uh, watching the movie, and I'm just like laughing out loud to myself. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it's, it's one so of those good. movies. I'm like literally laughing out loud here. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was uh, I, and, that was amazing. That was amazing. And, yeah, and this movie is technically a rom com, right? And I feel like before Keanu sort of really shows up, it's not really a comedy. Like, there are very dark elements to the You're beginning right. of the movie. I laughed like, a lot more Marcus's mom passing away. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, it's... You know, they introduce, like, banter and, you know, like, good, you know, fun times between friends and stuff. But, like, Keanu is really where they pulled out all the stops to be, like, funny and they really did a good job with it. Like, if you didn't like that scene, you're a psychopath. Like, there's something wrong with you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> also, I don't know if everyone knows, but Keanu is part Asian. So it just means we have more Asian people in the cast. There we go. There we freaking go. I think, yeah, no, my favorite part of that scene, though, for sure, was um, when they're paying for the food and Marcus is like, you didn't even let me fight you for it. And Keanu was like, the bill was like $5,000, which is like less than a residual paycheck for my hit movie Speed. And I was like, the way that they wrote this man, dude, oh my God. It was so good. It was so funny. Like... I, and they made him, like, the perfect balance of douche, but also good. Because yeah, it's Keanu Reeves. You can't hate him. I you love can't that, hate like, him. I love that he's not trying to be a douche. He just is one because he's just in a completely different world. <laughs> like, like he, yeah. he, he genuinely seems to just not get it. And, like, that's just, just hilarious. <laughs> it's, also, like, it's, like, I mean, kind of like a fish out of water thing, but... but 
but like the yeah, other way yeah, around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. It was very funny for them also to just subvert Keanu Reeves as a person because I feel like generally the kinds of movies that he stars in, you think he's a very serious, very like monotonous guy, like, you know, not very open, not very funny. Well, you know, but his capacity Ted, so. in this role. Well, Yes, but for the but, most but after part, Matrix, I get it. People know, it. yeah, like people, yeah, people for the most part know Keanu Reeves either like from The Matrix or from John Wick. Those are like his biggest movies, I'd say. Um, and so seeing him in a, like a genuinely comedic role, literally playing himself, was just so good. It was so good. And my headcanon, my headcanon is that Keanu Reeves is actually like that in real life. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so I also did sort of want to talk about the, not just the romantic relationships in this, but the parent to child relationships. But before we do that, can we like, before we do that, I still actually want to talk about uh, the romantic relationships, specifically uh the uh the the bad ones so keanu jenny oh and, shit uh, and right, right right i think like there's a lot of value like right. because we talked about like the good aspects yes. in in marcus and yes. sasha's like messy relationship but i also yes. think part of it works because we have the counterbalance of like the obviously not great ones that we have so so right. what, are, what are your thoughts yes. on, on okay pick, i pick jumped... one or all of them go for it <laughs> Right. Okay. So I jumped the gun a little bit. I'm sorry. We'll we'll get back to the parent-child relationship stuff. That's pretty juicy. Um, but yeah, no, I and okay. Because here was the thing that I was struggling with. Right? Is that mm-hmm. it's not that they're technically bad relationships. It's mm-hmm. just that the people that are in these relationships are so clearly incompatible. Yeah. Like they are not meant to be together. You know, it's not that Jenny is a bad person. She's a little out there, you know. She has like a very interesting view of the world. She um, is like very technically supposed the, to be like the hyper, like, uh, like the hyper, like, weird version of like someone who actually cares a lot about people, right? She she is like yeah, supposed to be yeah. feeling this like this type of archetype or like person or maybe not even archetype. She's just supposed to have the personality of someone who's normally actually supposed to be really empathetic. Uh huh. Yeah. And. And you can sort of see that, you know, she does a lot for her community and she goes out of her way to help people. But she's also very frightfully unaware of things that are happening around her sometimes. Um, There's that really great scene where, you know, um, she's like, oh, my God, you're such a Tran who is a celebrity chef. You have to let me cook for you tonight. Which is just like not something that you should say to a celebrity chef. And anyways, Sasha goes over there, right? She's eating what looks like spaghetti with like sriracha and then it has like some hot dog in it yeah, and, um, and yeah anyways uh, <laughs> um what really and, happened uh, is she gave you know, some like, new oh, ideas like... that's what happened yeah i'm gonna make that tonight <laughs> on is the chef and i'm the guinea pig yeah <laughs> and then okay and then and then, you know, uh, Sasha makes the comment that, like, they're eating off the um, Martha Stewart plates. And, um... Okay, that was hilarious. 
That's why like, I stole them. These are Martha Stewart plays. And, yeah. And she's okay. like, yeah, that's why I stole them. And she's just, yeah, she's very out there. She's I, not a bad I legit person. Have friends she's just that would not like, right for Marcus. I, I legit have friends that would do something like that. And like, I love them. <laughs> On, I don't know if that's... <laughs> Don't say their names. Uh, no, I'm not going to. But I love it. <laughs> oh my god. No, I mean, yeah, I like honestly, I would watch like a standalone movie of just Jenny like doing her thing cuz yeah. she's funny and I like her. And same with Brandon, like Brandon is just he's really out there and you know, he is engaged, but he's very clearly not ready to be tied down yet and he just has a mind of his own and he's also very, very frightfully unaware of the emotional state of the people that are around him. In particular his fiance, which is just un- unacceptable, you know. Yeah, I and think And I think that that's definitely the biggest thing is just it's not that the any of these people are bad people really uh they're bad like they're not doing great things you know um like particularly brandon is not treating sasha the way that she deserves to be treated you know he sort of brushes over her ideas he you know he he just ignores her when she's talking it's it's just not a healthy relationship but it doesn't mean that he's necessarily a bad person there are some people who thrive with people like that you know like people who enjoy their space people who like time to themselves you know it's not that big of a deal to some people but they're just not compatible that way. But mm-hmm. I am interested to sort of think how you feel about it um, in terms of, you know, what was sort of good and bad and working and not working about those relationships. I think the thing, so so there's like three things that really stand out to me. Um, you already hit it with like Brandon, where he's like obviously just like not really thinking about how um, what he wants affects his like fiance. Um, and he says he still mm-hmm. wants to be in, like, a relationship, but it's, like, obviously not true, right? And um, uh, I think you can say the same thing about Keanu, where... Uh, you can say something about Keanu, where he's... Uh, his whole personality is that he just doesn't get it, you know? <laughs> um, in in yeah. the movie, at least. I don't know how the actual Keanu is. But in the movie, yeah. like, his whole thing is, like, he doesn't get it. <laughs> and then I also think um, when it comes to Jenny, um, there was a scene where they introduced Jenny, and, like, she's, like, being really physical with... Um, with Marcus and like you can clearly see that everyone in that situation including Marcus is uncomfortable right um yeah and and I think those three things like really hit at something that I think is really important about like what these relationships show and it's that like uh these relationships don't work it's because like their partners aren't thinking about what their partners like are looking for in this relationship or like want you know um brandon like Mm -hmm. is obviously just thinking about himself he's not thinking about what sasha wants right like sasha wants to get married he doesn't right and he's just like disregarding that um keanu Mm -hmm. like he's just in his own world so he's like he's incapable of getting what other people like want in the relationship (laughs) right and then like same thing with jenny right she's she's being very oblivious to like how marcus is feeling about this relationship and i think like um and and i think like that's something like really like important to note and it's that like these people aren't compatible is because they just like are not thinking about like uh I, I don't think like any of these three people are like particularly like morally like evil people or anything but like these relationships just mm-hmm. fundamentally cannot work because they're not trying to like yeah. engage with each other on that level whereas marcus and sasha like right. the whole arc of the movie is them engaging with each other on that level and coming to understanding and then like working it out after that 
Yeah, for sure, for sure. I totally forgot to cover Keanu. I was totally focused on just Brandon and Jenny, but yeah, we, we I, I would a lot agree of Keanu that anyways, Keanu's... Yeah, we did. <laughs> His character is not yeah, much more no, than what he... we said, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, he was funny and he was great in the role and, like, you know, he did what he was written to do, you know, but again, like, it very much was a matter of this person is just not having a good time with this other person you know um and and again i think that something that was very interesting was that each of these relationships functioned on a certain level Mm -hmm. so for brandon and sasha it was their chef's business um because i i think brandon was like a business entrepreneur for chefs specifically so like he helped chefs open restaurants and things and so like they probably worked together very closely before and they were probably very like you know good business partners um jenny and marcus both care very very deeply about the san francisco community and you can see that a lot in the way that marcus feels about and talks about san francisco you know um he cares about conserving the small guys in the big city you know and so does jenny you know Mm -hmm. and um and with with sasha and keanu it was that they were both really into each other sexually you know and sometimes that's how it goes right like these relationships all work on some level but they don't work on the levels that need to be worked on yeah for the relationship romantically to be successful which i thought was very interesting yeah i think these relationships work on like the level if everyone involved agreed that that was the level like that this purely needed to be Right, like a purely right. like sexual relationship, yeah. like fine as long as both parties like agree that this is what it needs to be. And I'm I'm not convinced Sasha right. wanted that at the moment, and who knows what's going on in Keanu's head. Yeah, but um, that, that's not what. <laughs> yeah, that, that's not what Sasha wanted the relationship to be. It could have been fine if it was, but it's not. Yeah, I, <laughs> it was so freaking hilarious when. Um, All right, so I pulled you away I from just, what like, you wanted to talk about. So how about we go back to uh, no, to no, 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 no. Uh, you're totally, totally good. Um, one last thing about Keanu was the part where he just keeps messing up Marcus's name and Marcus <laughs> gets so pissed off about it. And it's just so funny. Like, I love Randall Park. Like, he's he's just like, he just gives me uncle vibes. You know what I mean? Like, the, my long lost uncle. Like, I love him so much, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, just seeing him get more and more progressively pissed off with Keanu fucking Reeves to the point where he punches him in the face was like the peak of comedy for me. Like, it's never going to get any better than this. <laughs> I don't know. I'll bet you differ on that, um, but we can talk about those uh, movie shows books later. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> okay, so um yeah, so this movie does not only tackle romantic relationships, it also tackles like familial relationships. And that was something that I really really appreciated. And I mentioned earlier that I talk I watched this movie with my mom for the first time. Mm-hmm. And there's this scene where Sasha is talking to Marcus about remembering San Francisco. And um she's at a oh god it's uh she's at like a dim sum place with him and she's like oh my god like this place was so bad i don't know why like we spent so much time here and he was like are you kidding like i eat here every day and she tries like a shumai or something and she's like wow that's actually really good why do i remember this place as being so bad and marcus is like you literally remember your entire childhood like that and a big part of that was because her parents were never there for her. And this is also something that's brought up later in the movie when her parents are sort of 
throughout the movie, they try to sort of inject themselves back into her life and she's really not having it. You know, she just tries to avoid them wherever she can. Like, it's very clear that they don't really communicate very well with each other, but her parents are really making an effort and Sasha's really not receiving it, which my mom and I had a discussion about that and I'm wondering also what you feel about it. Um, Do you think Sasha should have been more respectful and a little bit more receptive to her parents trying to make their way back into her life? Or do you think that her parents should have realized that she had set these boundaries and should have done a little bit more in respecting them and waited for her to sort of come to them when she was ready? Um, How do you feel about that? Why are you why are you dropping the the hard questions on me like that? That's that's not cool. Because <laughs> this is therapy time on. <laughs> um, well, <laughs> I guess on like some level, uh, she doesn't like particularly owe them like anything, right? Like, uh, mm-hmm. well, okay, okay, it's hard because like, um, it's not like the reason that they were absent was because they just left it's because like they had to like work right which is like a really actually relatable thing to like um it's part of like the asian american community to to understand sometimes Mm -hmm. your parents just can't be there because like they're trying to make ends meet and then like uh help you like find success in your Um, life right um so so yeah i I was originally gonna say that she 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 doesn't owe them anything um which is like probably still like somewhat true but but it also like complicates the Mm -hmm. relationship because like it's not like at any point in their lives they were actually like trying to make her life worse or or not caring they they, they probably did care mm-hmm. that's, that's the impression that i got it's just that they didn't have the time to show that care the same way um but that doesn't really mm-hmm. erase the the hurt that she had to go through you know like you can have really good intentions mm-hmm. and like genuinely have done everything right. to the best of your abilities but that doesn't change the fact that like she grew up without like her parents in her life um it's probably more exaggerated mm-hmm. than it actually then it actually happens i guess but maybe not you know uh, Mm -hmm. i'm not sure um for sure i think it would be at the very least like maybe she doesn't have to out of like any moral obligations i'm I'm pretty a stickler about saying something's a moral obligation maybe she doesn't have a moral obligation but it's (laughs) definitely like i think in a way very good for her to come to terms and like forgive um what's going on here with her parents right because Mm -hmm. she cannot continue Mm -hmm. to let that eat at her it's obviously not like healthy or good Mm -hmm. for her and it's like um Mm -hmm. probably one of like the the biggest things that she has to overcome throughout the movie Mm -hmm. um and i think part of like the reconnecting with her parents and accepting the reality of just their situation is good for their relationship Mm -hmm. and also good for her personally for sure yeah um and this is cool too because at the time that she's sort of reconciling with her parents there's a great scene where they come to her apartment and you know um she obviously doesn't look very comfortable she's just kind of like oh god like let's get this over with why are you here um I don't really want to like have to interact with you any more than I you know absolutely have to and throughout the movie she's just shown to be kind of resentful and overall pretty just like I don't want to say I don't want to say sad. It's like a it's like a combination between like sad and something else. But she's looking at the way that her parents are treating the kids around them right now. Um, because you, because she's so successful, like her parents don't have to work anymore. Um, 
and they go out of their way to, you know, throw this like huge birthday bash for, I believe like their nephew, no nephew, like one of their, something like that. Yeah, it's like a cousin, young kid, something like that. Um, And Sasha was like, it's great to see them putting in an effort. I never got anything like this for my birthday. And honestly, it hit me like a gun punch because I remember having very similar sentiments to some of the birthdays that I had to spend because like when my parents got divorced, like my mom didn't have the kind of money to just like dish out for fun things you know and Mm -hmm. I remember a lot of those and they were pretty formative for me you know and so I remember watching that scene and being like oh god I see myself and I hate it you know (laughs) um but in particular I'm yeah like throughout the movie we see these and then you know to the scene where uh her parents are in her apartment and they just sort of put it out on the line for her and they're like listen we know that we weren't present for you and we're sorry, you know, and they just, they really apologize and, you know, they understand why she hasn't been very receptive to them. And they're like, listen, we've really been trying our best, not because, not because we're trying to prove to you that we didn't care about you because sometimes that's how it feels, right? It's like Mm -hmm. your parents didn't go out of their way to do something for you that they're going out of their way to do for someone else that is not you, you know? And you feel like that's a, that's a slight against you because you're their kid, you know? And I, I understand exactly how Sasha feels in that, felt in that moment of like, my parents don't, care about me because they're doing all these other things for other people that are not me and it makes me feel like they would never go out of their way to do something like this for me and Mm -hmm. their her parents in turn come to her and say listen it's not that we didn't go out of our way to do these things for you it's that we couldn't but we're here now and we're making an effort and we're sorry and I loved that and I think that that's something that not every second gen asian american kid gets to hear from their parents like ever which sucks but at the same time it was really really cool that they integrated this into a rom-com like of all things right Uh, it was a really really great reconciliation scene but uh, i'll let you sort of chime in here in terms of how you felt about that scene with sasha and her parents and if you thought it was like good timing or whatever for them to make up really cathartic about that scene is just like Mm-hmm. Um, her like her parents. Um, I, I think sometimes it feels like with parents that like they 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 genuinely are doing the best that they can, and they don't um, particularly see how like the best that they can is um, hurting their children, you know. Um, and it's really nice. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, sometimes exactly. like they'll like double down on that, right? And like they just won't get it right. because they gen because they genuinely yeah. are doing the best to their knowledge right um but it's really cathartic to see them turn around and be like oh i get it i get what you're going through i get how like we caused this and we're going we can't take it back but we're going to try to change from now on um Mm -hmm. even beyond just relationships with parents i think just like in relationships where like anyone has like well not anyone but certain relationships where people have hurt you and they don't realize it's really nice to just like um just just hear them say like you know i'm sorry like i didn't i didn't know and like i'm gonna and and they genuinely not only said that but have continued to show action that they're trying to change which is like really nice no i i totally agree with you and i think that there i I mean honestly though like there was an opportunity for them to maybe depict something that was like honestly 
I hate to say it like this, but like more realistic. Like it's very rare for a, anyone who's put in a tight position, right, to think that they hurt someone by being in a tight position themselves. You know, they're like, how does that work? Like I was out there busting my ass 12 hours a day so that I could put food on the table, put a roof over your head and send you to school. And you're going to sit here and say that I traumatized you. Like, that's not fair. And I I understand that. Like, I totally do. And I understand why parents double down on that because it's not fair to them. Honestly, like it sucks that there is very little fair in in three places at once. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But in general, yeah, no, but it's, it's, it's so hard too to, to think of this in a way that, you know, that everybody wins because you you can't, you know, your parents can't be in two places at one time. And at a certain point you have to realize that yes, you were hurt, but you have to forgive them as well. And like this movie just goes right into that and, you know, and it goes right into the nitty gritty of it. And I, I appreciate them making it into a happy ending for Sasha and her parents. Mm-hmm. I really do. Um, I think that if there is an Asian American kid out there who watches this movie and knows that they will probably never be able to hear their parents say something like that, it was like it would be really, really, really cool to just watch it even in media, you know, to see that like that kind of reconciliation is possible even so late in life, you know, like Sasha's like in her late thirties, you know, she's she's lived her life. She's become her own person. Like at this point, it's irrelevant to her whether or not she reconciles this relationship between her parents, but she chooses to do so. And her parents do as well, even though both parties understand that they're generally okay without the other. They're not willing to sacrifice that parent-child relationship. And I, I loved that. I really, really did. I think they could have chosen a more dark way to go with that and being like, okay, well, they're not reconciling. Like, sucks. <laughs> That's just reality. <laughs> but they chose to do something a lot more constructive and heartwarming. And I really, really appreciated that for sure. Um, another thing that I wanted to touch on, obviously, was Marcus and his dad's relationship and like how they sort of grappled with um judy who is marcus's mom's death and um there's a really really you know it's it's a sad scene but um where marcus sort of catches his dad with his new girlfriend um at their house and he gets very very angry with his father and pulls him aside and he's like what are you doing like like what about mom and mr kim is like marcus like we all have to move on, you know, and it's yeah. what she would have wanted too. And you can't make me the villain for having feelings and being a human being. And it's really hard for Marcus to hear that because like we sort of touched on before, like he still hasn't really grown up at all. You know, he's still living with his dad in the house that him, his dad and his mom lived in when she was still alive, you know, he he really hasn't been able to move on and hearing his dad say move on with such a very like tangible evidence that his father has moved on is very hard for him to hear and but at the same time like 
his dad is his dad is loving to him throughout the entire movie you know it's just it's over and over again mr kim is just going out of his way to support marcus like advertising his band to people you know just being over an overwhelmingly positive force in marcus's life and um again like i i just feel like we don't really see that a lot in like asian american media like it's very rare to ever even see like a 30 something year old second gen asian in their parents house ever cuz that's like a sign of not good <laughs> you know what i mean yeah, <laughs> like, no, like, it's like, like oh you're a failure failure yeah, i see more you you know representations um, would be like oh he's a doctor right at this point why is he in his family's house you know like <laughs> yeah yeah no there again like i i just think it was a really cool way to subvert so many tropes that i've seen in the past and like and marcus is still living in the house and his dad isn't resentful of him living in the house at all he's he he just wants marcus to do what's good for him and what's best for him and he doesn't think that living in the house is good for him anymore yeah you know? i think that's i don't like know some... i really i really appreciated that scene i think that's something interesting uh, compared to like other depictions of like asian americans in uh, in media is that like there's like that that kind of like joke where you're like living in your house with your parents and your parents are like when are you gonna get married like when are you gonna move out and things like that and like mm-hmm. marcus's dad never really yeah. does that he 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 does yeah. push marcus to to get into good relationships not because he wants slim to get married for like any like superficial reasons like that but because he genuinely thinks it would be good mm-hmm. for marcus to be in a relationship with Sha- Sa- sasha that that didn't come out <laughs> um right <laughs> and like the intentions were different there and i think like that actually is like a really cool thing Mm -hmm. that like really matters it's kind of subtle i didn't really think about it until you brought it up yeah but it's very it's very well done and i think that that kind of very subtle integration of ideas because that's the other thing too though is it like if a white person watched that movie they would just kind of shrug their shoulders past the parental interactions but as a second gen like as a second gen asian american watching those scenes where these people these older people right people who are much much older than i am at least right now interact with their parents in ways that spoke to me so powerfully and in a way that was just garnered so much empathy from me in a way that I was like wow I that's crazy you know like I remember that feeling you know that the the exact thing that you're going through right now I know how that feels so very rarely do I feel that in media unless it has to do with something like grief or like feelings involving maybe like love in general but Mm-hmm. I, I mean, Hollywood doesn't really doesn't really have a lot of like very meaningful Asian American relationships. And so even being able to see them in something like a freaking rom-com, right? Seeing that the writers took time to depict these relationships and give them their due was so cool. Yeah. It was and it was just so touching and emotional. I think Asian American relationship with their parents is like a very um it's it's something that's like very uh i wouldn't say universal but it's it's something that's like a really big topic in the community uh and the fact that mm-hmm. we don't have a lot of media that helps us like understand and process that is like mm-hmm. you know, honestly honestly i wish there was more to like to like kind of like work mm-hmm. through these because these are very complicated emotions that i that i figure a lot of us uh deal with in in different varieties and ways mm-hmm. of course but but it's it's a very central mm-hmm. part of like the understanding of Asian American identity as a culture. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that it was nice to see a positive turn on these introductions as well, because while I see the traditional elements in them, I also see where the writers went out of their way to break those traditional elements. Like we talked before, like Marcus living in his dad's house when he's an older person, you know, mm-hmm. um, Sasha being generally disrespectful of our parents. Like, I don't see that a lot in Asian media. Like, for the most part, it's like you're very respectful to your parents, right? You do everything they say you your parents aren't necessarily like very nice to you they're pretty cold and like it's their their way or the highway you know kind of thing and so it was really really nice to see them drawing from other things because there was I I mean again like this movie wouldn't have suffered if they had gone that direction you know um it was a rom-com. The movie wasn't supposed to be about Sasha and her parents or Marcus and his dad. It was supposed to be about Marcus and Sasha, you know, but giving them these deeper, more meaningful interactions with their parents. And that's the thing too, is that like your parents are like the cornerstone of so many ideas that you have about love, you know? Um, whether it's your ideas behind marriage or sex or intimacy or what a partnership in life looks like, like we get all of that stuff from our parents. And I think that this is the first rom-com really that I've ever seen that tackles that to the fullest extent it really possibly can because you see the way that Sasha is affected by her parents absence and you see the way it reflects her views on love you know she doesn't trust people she only trusts herself she's fiercely independent and I think honestly that was maybe a reason why she did get like engaged to Brandon even though she wasn't fully in love with him you know she thought that it was good that they were both independent people doing their own thing when Marcus started dating Jenny he was someone who was completely free form you know no structure no rules just whatever whenever all of the time but that was his life. His life was chaos. You know, he lost his mother at a young age. He never went to college. He was just really, really going with the flow. And what he needed was structure, but he gravitated towards chaos. And it's like, that's just how life forms us as people, you know, Mm -hmm. and to see very clearly how their parents specifically affected those interactions was so fucking cool. Um, I, I just like I could really talk about this for like hours and hours and hours, I but this is really <laughs> right. Um, no, really, this is one of the movies that like does not everything right, but the things that mattered to this movie, they really nailed it right on I the did. head yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. All right, yeah. are there any other scenes that we want to hit before before we go? Um, I have a few like fun, cute ones that we don't have to like dive into, but the fucking discount scene. We can just say and we can laugh and then we're done, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The discount suit scene where Marcus, (laughs) Marcus, Marcus goes into Tom Ford and then tries on a suit and then he's like, oh, get it off, get it off, it burns, and then he goes to a discount suit store. Um, that was hilarious. Um, Sasha's like, or Marcus's rant about Asian food was really cool. Um, I really liked the that. way that, that he's really sort like, of like, yeah. As someone who cooks it a lot, especially honestly, cooks Asian food, yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like. Um, it, I I really understand that perspective, and I, I can kind of understand what Sasha's yeah. trying to do. 
but but mm-hmm. food to me i i i feel and empathize on like uh, marcus's level a lot better about that right yeah and i think it was interesting for them to introduce those two things because that's also something that you and i have talked about in other literature classes of like the relationship between culture and food and like sasha uses her food and like her culture's food as a medium for expression right for her it's like art it's it's something that's elevated it's something that she believes should be like revered um whereas marcus is like no that's not true to the culture though like asian food is supposed to be served in a big ass bowl you know not like a glass cup you know (laughs) i thought it was just i again like they really put things into the script that made sense to the characters and made sense to like their worldviews and things i i really liked it um Um, i got a question i also really thought wait wait, i got a question about food uh so mrs kim talks about how like korean people use like scissors for everything is that is that like oh a thing because like i use knives yeah, to cut my chives I, I i didn't know people use the scissors <laughs> for that shit <laughs> okay it's easier okay like get off my back no 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 i think it's if like if i want it if the, i <laughs> i think it's the objectively correct decision the more i think about it like it makes so much more sense to cut it with, with scissors i just i just like literally did not know that was a thing right like i've used knives my whole life when it comes to cutting when it comes to cutting green onions, like my world has been rocked yeah. for the better. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, like I know my mom generally used kitchen knives, but like the kitchen scissors, like the ones that come in the knife blocks, like the, the like the kitchen grade scissors, like, were like an essential tool for anything that happened in the house. Um, yeah, no, I remember that. <laughs> for yeah for sure always right. yeah so culturally culturally um, accurate check mark box right there yes culturally accurate check mark we're not canceling this movie yet for being culturally inaccurate <laughs> uh, <laughs> um and then another thing that i thought was just that gave me a giggle was the um <laughs> was when they're walking on the red carpet and Marcus was like, you told me that people, like, rich people dress like homeless people now. And Sasha's like, and Sasha's like, and Sasha's like, oh no, like, they'll just think you're a member of BTS. Which, honestly, <laughs> white people would. They would. They like would. any Asian, up. yeah, like any, yeah, they're like any Asian guy in like baggy clothes, like, oh, like, who's this, you know? <laughs> And I just, I thought that was, that was a really funny comment, um, cause it was, I mean, if a white person had said it, it wouldn't have been funny cause I would have been like, <laughs> all right, let's tone down, let's tone down the casual racism. But like having Ali Wong say it was just fucking perfect. I yeah. loved it. It was so yeah. good. It's, it's one of those things, you know, you get it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> what about you? Did you have any, do you have any cute thingies that you wanted to bring up just before we get uh, into some of our gems of the week um man i wish we had more time to talk about it but the the love speech scene at the end was very funny really cool mm. um i know yeah, you had it written no. down right here and i would have liked to talk about that more but i do think we nailed most of what i would have talked about with that speech anyways in like other things we did yeah 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 no it was very good it was very good um we could even do like 
a romance trope thing where we just like take some good examples of romance tropes and bad rom like bad examples of romance tropes and like maybe talk about them but i think the love speech scene was like a very good example of an overused trope done very right Mm -hmm. um the epic monologue at the end where the guy gets the girl is like just so overused but they were like let's do something cute with it and now every time i hear can i hold your purse for you i cry (laughs) 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 oh man other than that i think we hit like every other scene in the movie i think no no stone we did (laughs) we did that was a that was a good deep dive um speaking of sort of deep dives though i guess uh what you consume in nowadays give me some gems for the week all right gems for the week it is so what uh man i had ideas going in but but like my mind's just blinking now so two, two <laughs> this week is gonna be albums because you know me and music i do love my music number one yes uh, you do. the uh blackpink's new new album born pink it's 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 good it's not like the greatest thing i've ever listened to the first three tracks though i really love um that's a it, it's just kind of fun uh blackpink also like does most of their music in english so like people who are like i can't listen to k-pop because it's not in english i'm like okay here's a whole album with english <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, it, fair I, I i enjoy it more or less right uh the, the album that i'm really really enjoying though is uh jid's new album uh what is the name i need to remember the forever story uh the production in that album is fucking brilliant um jid's rapping his flow is like on point the storytelling that he's doing in there is great his features are amazing that album is potentially top album of the year for me it's like that good uh and especially like someone who does like music production and things like that yeah uh there is some like real like you know, the more the more you do a certain type of art, the more you realize the small things that artists do in their art. There are so many just yes. like neat and little things. And how hard it is. Yeah, yeah. I, I fucking yeah. love that album. So, yeah. yeah, that's um, awesome. I also really like JID. I need to t- spend some time and actually get into his music, but I'm glad you did music because I always feel like I do like TV shows and books and stuff because that's really like the only media I. I hate to say it like this, but like really, really pay attention to. <laughs> I I used to do music. <laughs> it sounds so bad. Um, no, it's I was fine. I mean, everyone's got their when things. I was younger. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I was a child musician when I was younger, and I generally nowadays just don't really listen to music that forces me to think about it because I'm like I did my entire childhood was thinking about music and music theory and concepts. And so like, (laughs) give me some bubblegum pop that is simple and fun to listen to. And I'm good. I'm great. Um, Comments on the Blackpink album though, definitely not their best work. Um, I was really expecting after what, like a two year hiatus that we would get a little bit more than this that pink venom for like five lines for the entire chorus it was like great wonderful this is this is the kind of songwriting that i was expecting it wasn't i was expecting more but i've never like i i've I've never like uh you know they kind of have like a style and mmo uh i i don't think that is true like them singing like this that pink venom like five times over like a really catchy like instrumental break is, is just kind of like 
on par on brand for them so i'm not like yeah i'm not yeah. particularly no, surprised true. with anything this is just like kind of like another blackpink yes. thing i'm not i yes, enjoy the first yeah. three checks i think uh i think they're like fun but like nothing more than that which uh-huh. is like fine some music that's all it yeah. needs to be and that's cool yeah 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 no i totally agree um i just like for me this album was a little bit of a flop i'm gonna be honest with you um I am, I said this in the last episode, but I'm currently watching House of the Dragon on HBO, Okay. Uh, but I actually went out of my way to watch like the behind the scenes of how they are making like the costumes and the sets and stuff for the show. And oh my God, those sets are all practical. No way. Like they've made those sets. Yeah. No, like if you watch the show and honestly, there's some zany shit going on right now in that show. Like. I don't know if you ever watched the original Game of Thrones, but, like, there was plenty of incest in the first one, and they just dove, like, all the way in for the incest thing in this one, and, like, I understand that that's not for everyone. Um, they were like, we're, we're not doing it yeah. right. Not, like, yeah. Like, knees deep in the incest, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've heard good things um, about it. So, uh, I do. Yeah, like. I heard the ending of Game of Thrones is not great, so I'll probably read the books instead. Uh, but okay. if also yeah, Dragon Keeps being good, I might, I might pick that up. That might be fun. Might hop on that. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, it's like I guess it's just like watch at your own discretion. Like if incest really, really freaks you out, which I know people who it really triggers them and they can't get through it, and that's like totally fine. Do not force yourself to watch that movie, but like or watch that show. But um, I think that fantasy series in particular, as a writer and someone who reads a lot, a lot of fantasy, it's always so cool when people take the time to bring things to life in the way that the author originally intended. And like, um, there's just like the way that they put all of the costumes together like the coronation cape that Rhaenyra wears when she's being crowned as heir for the Iron Throne took five people like 10 weeks to make because they stitched it by hand and they were like well if we're gonna do this thing we're gonna do it fucking right and it was like it's crazy to me to see that shit and like and it's, I mean, and and you can just totally see, like, in the behind the scenes, like, everyone is so committed to this art, you know, to this, to bringing this world to life, because this world means so much to people, and um, it's just the only thing that people keep talking about is, like, Game of Thrones, like, the culture that Game of Thrones created, like, we want to bring that to life, and I just always think that that's so fucking cool, because it's just, like, it's just nerds doing nerd shit and doing it good at the highest fucking level. And it's so cool. I love it. It's awesome. Um, yeah, so I spent like my entire night last night instead of doing my homework. Uh, sorry, uh, Dr. Uh, Kamande. <laughs> they, don't, they don't need to know. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm just watching like the behind the scenes of like the House of the Dragon and how they're putting everything together. And it's really, really, really cool. So... 10 out of 10 recommend that if you can watch it but if not uh i have a book recommendation for y'all i'm reading the second book in the three body problem uh series right now it's called the dark forest i had to double check um but six and lou is a god he's a god of literature and science and philosophy and it's freaking awesome like all of his books are so good um and i would absolutely recommend that you all 
if any of you are interested in like high sci-fi reading his books and getting into them because he tackles some really heavy shit um and he lived through like the cultural revolution and he's really really into that period of history in china too so he really really grapples with like art and philosophy and war and like how those three things can intersect over science and it's it's so cool it's so cool um but i would recommend that as well for sure it's probably going to be those two things just for like the next <laughs> next few weeks. <laughs> We're just gonna do I'm just going to do like small updates. Yeah. yeah. We're going to do a gem and I'm just going to like I'm just going to like cut cut your part out each time it's just the same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> This podcast was produced by Yeji. It was created and written by both of us. It was edited by me. And the cover art was done by my good friend, Emma Nebecker. 